When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm a writer for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Carson Osavar from the Truck Series. You know, uh, earlier this year, I really started to pay more attention to Carson Hosevar's personality. Just seems to be really fun, says interesting things on Twitter, always wears uh, fun hats before each race, clearly trying to um, show who he is a little bit to people who are getting to know him, and uh, also has really impressive speed. Um, and uh, as he's been driving for Nice Motorsports, he's nearly had a couple wins this season. Unfortunately, uh, just got injured at the Gateway race recently, so uh, we'll be hoping for a quick recovery for him. This interview was recorded before that happened, uh, the injury um, with that wreck there, and um, I asked Carson if it would be okay to still run it even um, after the, the crash, and um, he said that would be fine. He was, he's cool with that, so um, didn't want to delay any longer because I think it's a really good interview and you'll uh, enjoy getting to know him more as I did. So let's give a listen to the 12 questions. All right, everybody. I'm here with Carson Hosevar and uh, Carson, how's it going, man? Uh, really good, Jeff. How about you? I can't complain. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on here. I really enjoy seeing your personality um, that you show people and I'm glad you share that with people because I feel like a lot of younger drivers don't want to show certain sides of themselves or whatever. So, uh, I recognize that in you and appreciate that. So, uh, hopefully we can do a fun interview. Um, the first question is, um, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? I know you're a tall guy. Uh, I mean, I'm all for it, right? It depends on what side of the stick you're on. I'm all for it in the sense that hopefully the guy behind me is already zonked or passed out and I can get away with it, lean right back and get away with it. But I'm always that guy that I, my knees are already into the guy's back. So if they start reclining, it, I mean, it's on you. It is on you. If I, you know, piss you off and make you mad and I'm, I'm going to be right into you. I'm the guy that will have their feet on the side because I'm trying to like side do <laughs> it. Um, but, uh, it's like racing, right? It's like the bump and run. Everybody likes to see it and everybody likes to do it as long as you're on the good side of it. That's right. How tall are you exactly? Uh, six, three, and like three quarter. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, you have, you have a lot more excuse to tilt your seat back than the normal person, I would say. So understandable. I, I try to get exit rows as much as possible. Very smart. Very smart. Uh, how often do you get recognized at the grocery store? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I've only done it. I've only gotten recognized like two or three times at a grocery store, only in really North Carolina, uh, a few times in Michigan, but not for racing, just because my dad's so well known in the community. And um, 
it was so it's mainly just friends of my dad or I was in a commercial 10 years ago or whatever and they can't believe how much I've grown up or whatever but uh just because it's kind of a small town but only twice that I've had people recognize me in a grocery store and one time the guy let me skip the line because I needed help finding somewhere and he was a manager so he actually helped me pick wherever I'm at because I'm completely lost at directions of finding stuff and he let me cut the line and do it and got me all good and set to go so I it's like the stories you hear about like famous people getting out of speeding tickets why I got the line I got the fast pass at a grocery store I like it that's a nice perk what what, the commercial you're in was that just a local commercial in Michigan or what was that Yeah, that was just a local commercial for my dad's coin jewelry store. Um, you know, we, we kind of did like a trade for a charter spectrum it was on my quarter midget and they got a lot more uh, advertisement. So they were all over the place on commercials nonstop. Oh, OK. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Carson, on a scale one to ten, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? Awful. Very awful. I'm really the, okay. I'm one of the worst because I'm always I'm so forgetful. I would forget my head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> so I'm really bad at like seeing stuff and then like I get sidetracked r- really quickly. I'm like, oh I gotta do this. And then like it's red. I can't unread it. So then I think I responded, or for some reason, like I'll type it out and I'll forget to hit send. So like it'll three days by, they'll wonder why I haven't said anything. It'll load up and it'll be sitting there the whole text. I'm like, oh my bad. And I can't use that excuse more than twice. And, <laughs> and people think I'm lying, but I'm just really bad at doing it. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, especially once that little blue dot goes away and it's not yeah. like uh, there to remind you. That blue dot goes away, you are not getting responded to at all. <laughs> um, what's the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Uh, I mean, the fake phone call always works pretty well. I always have my phone on ringer or ringer off. So like I can get away with it pretty easily. Um, that or the, oh shoot, I I, I'm a bad liar, but I can think of something pretty quickly and I could just like keep thinking of stuff pretty quickly. And eventually you either just get upset that I'm lying and you're just like, all right, get away from me (laughs) or say seven things. And they finally believe one. (laughs) Yeah, going, I'm out. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, If you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Uh, I would probably pick Twitter, honestly, just because I can get, there's more stuff. I feel like I, I feel like I take Instagram, like people take Instagram very seriously on like trying to look too cool and their captions are really short and i do the same thing but like i feel like twitter you could have video you could have news you could have a little bit of everything and i used to not like it and really not use it all and now i'm like somewhat addicted to it in the sense like i'm just always scrolling on it uh so i'd probably pick that one okay that's interesting and that's a good point about the instagram captions too because it seems like I just did some photos from like the Miami Grand Prix or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, did like one of those Miami dump things like that. Yes, I, whatever. I've never done a photo dump. I hate those. <laughs> I hate those just because I'm like, 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 like if you're a photographer, I a hundred percent get it. But like, if you're going to like for race car drivers, like 
they all put their posts, they all have their post-race posts, and then they do a photo dump right after. It's like, why didn't you just put these photos in the first thing? Like, why why not just make one post? Like, why do you have to do two of this I, I, thing? Yeah, that's a very good point. Very good point. Uh, what advice would you would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? My advice would be how I look at things is do are the people that is you affected in your mistake and that is upset with you matter to you and affect you long term? Like my crew chief's kid just got in uh, a racing incident, whatever, probably got a little over his head and dump the guy. And as the young kid, you're always going to be biased that it's your fault, your daddy's money, you're, you're, you're at fault. And he's just getting hounded on Facebook or whatever. And I had the same thing growing up, but it's, is my team owner mad at me? Is the money man mad at me? Is my sponsors mad at me? Like, is it affecting them and how they're portrayed? And if not, it's just, it's going to be old news tomorrow and it's going to be drowned out. And it's just a bunch of nonsense people that without Twitter, without Facebook, they're screaming in the nosebleeds about you. And they might boo you for the next three weeks until you do something cool or someone they they're pissed off at the next guy. And, um, you know, it's just drowned out noise to it is my biggest advice and how I take, you know, criticism. Luckily, I haven't done anything too stupid on the racetrack last few weeks or last half a year. But, uh, uh, you know, it's the biggest thing is is are the people upset and affected going to affect you? It's the biggest yeah. Thing. That's a really good perspective. That's a very good perspective. Um, so this next one's a wild card question where I'm mixing it up for each person. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to the personality thing for a second. Cause you know, you, you wear a funny hat before each race, you know, your Twitter profile says right there, fun first. And you know, you have interesting tweets. I mean, you say interesting things that are probably, you know, at some point, if you have a higher profile, you're going to get your hand slapped or Twitter or NASCAR, somebody's going to get mad or something. So my question is, you know, as your profile grows, as you become, you know, a bigger figure in the sport over time, how, how do you intend on still being able to show people who you are and maintain that personality? Uh, I mean, that's a hard question. Uh, I mean, it's a good question because I've, I've kind of wondered that myself, right? I don't want to ever, I, I can't, I don't want to ever put myself in a position to where I'm of a full on sellout and I lose everything I've lost or I've grown and. I don't want to lose myself. Right. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just surrounding yourself with good people or, um, you know, people that will allow myself to, to do these things and to stay on that edge of saying what I want, but still doing, you know, my job at promoting brands, promoting this, but I like to do it in not the same way as 20 other people, you know, like I like to do, um, you know, the fun hats, you know, most sponsors want the hat, but they're all for it. And I've met a bunch of people, but it was luckily easy transitioning it. But I know if I get to Xfinity or cup or have a big corporate sponsor, um, you know, it, it might be some hurdles there. So I, I, I think that's going to be, uh, something I just have to always keep in the back of my mind before signing anything or working on anything and just trying to keep myself true because I, I think 
people can smell BS very quickly. They can mm-hmm. smell fake very quickly. They're very good at that. And they always have the red flags up right now, especially the way social media is turning into. They always have, you know, their guard up. So if you, you know, your first two words are, uh, you know, the car was really good today. You know, are, okay, well, you, you, you have 36 races or 32 races or 23 races and your post has, you're, you had a really fast car today and we finished 13th, but man, we're looking good. Like we'll get them <laughs> next week. Oh, we finished 22nd, but we had speed. No, I mean, like, I mean, everybody's different, right? And you got to be positive, but you can't be saying the same positivity and, you know, kind of tapping into the, the lie of, you know, oh, you know, just need that long run or just need a yellow. And we had them, even though we were 17th, but we were, coming. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's that type of deal that uh, I much rather see as a fan for me, I much rather see a driver, you know, just say, man, we suck today. Like it, it was terrible. Like we didn't, we missed it. Like we didn't have it today. And, or, you know, pit crew dropped the ball, whatever the case may be. I'm, I much rather see the honest facts because it's, it's, it's real. I'd like, I'd like to see, you know, what they were talking about, what they saw in the race and how they can do better and, you know, kind of tap into that's the conversation a driver just had with this crew chief or team and how they can get better. And um, rather than, you know, I'm so excited to go to next week and we're, we're looking good. Got to pump up the momentum, like look ready to carry it on. Like there ain't no momentum in racing. Like, I don't, I don't care who you talk, talk to There ain't no momentum. There is every week is different. Yeah, you might feel good going into it, but if if you ride that lane and you're pumped up, and all of a sudden you run mediocre or you struggle a little bit, all of a sudden you're down. So I mean, it, it there's 36 weekends of the year, and you can't be pumped up, and you know you build the race cars the same way regardless of it. It's just your emotions going to the racetrack. It's not actually changing the truck. It's just the, the illusion we all tell ourselves in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. That's, that's really interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Um, so if someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I would, uh, I've thought about this. Like I, 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 I need to do research before I would ever do it, but I would park right next to them during the victory lane deal and just want to talk to them. Just want to talk to him right before, like, just, just want to hear him out. I want to hear what he has to say in that moment before he gives his, you know, all oh, the car is really good today. Great day for us. Yeah. I want, I want, I want you to explain your story before you get your moment. Cause you just took that moment away from me and I want to hear what you got to say and what you, and, and I know they're going to put that microphone there. So you better not say some BS because everybody's going to be listening I'm going to force your hand to tell everybody because everybody wants to hear what the conversation is. So that's the biggest way to get that microphone right in the middle. And you, you pick what side of the story you're on. You don't, you don't get to s- decide in the media center, how you want to, you know, portray it. And 
oh, you know, we were just talking about dinner plans. No, like you, you, you explain your side of the story right then and there. I love this perspective because I feel like this is, um, this is like a more recent development that's been happening where like, you know, the cameras are going to pick up the, you know, the microphones are going to pick up the conversation. Like it didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't used to have those kind of things, or maybe the microphones weren't good enough or something. I don't know, but this is a, a great perspective you have because you're right in that every confrontation now is pretty much somebody's going to hear it somehow. So mm-hmm. I like, I like your approach that you're going to make them and everybody's listening and you, and you know, they're going to listen and you're aware and I love it. That's, that'd be very interesting. That'd be great TV. That, that, I mean, trust me, I, if I was, I, I wanted as William Byron, like I wanted to just jump into his body and just jump the wall and just go talk to him. Like, I'm like, go talk to him, go do something. Don't, don't cry to a TV camera and make yourself look like that. Just make him look like, you know, the buffoon and the bad guy, like go, go find out the conversation. Like, and I think then too, it would force me not to, you know, make myself look bad or say something I don't want to say. Like, I just, you know, I, I put in his words and, you know, then we can go from there after I know where he was at and what, what BS story he wants to tell me. If he wants to tell me the truth, oh yeah, I just went in there and crashed you for the win. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going to go with that, but if he starts telling me a lie, you know, then we can go from there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? Ah, uh, um, semi-pro for sure. Um, I've been really into Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I've never watched it before, so I've watched it all. And just mainly with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, I was like, all right, I gotta watch his movies. I don't, I don't know what made me watch them, but I had to watch them, <laughs> and. I'm obsessed with them now. I, I keep watching them over and over and over again. I skipped the fourth one though. The fourth one's not very good, but I, I get all, I get the first three for sure. Uh, and then it's not a movie, but I watch nonstop of Gordon Ramsay. Like really stop hell's kitchen, nonstop kitchen nightmares. Like I, I don't, I just love that show. Are, are, do you cook or do you just like seeing people? No, I, oh. I just like seeing a lot of high intensity, high pressures, people getting yelled at, people making mistakes. Like I, I just big fan of him and the show and everything about it. Okay. Interesting. Um, when you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? Uh, I think most optimistic about is the next gen car. I mean, if this thing was a dud, I think we'd be in major trouble, but I, I think the car is pretty good. Like I, I think the, the mile and a half is, is fast. It is fun to watch right now, which isn't, hasn't been the case for a while. And I think the most exciting part about it is, you know, two weeks in a row, there's been a leader and, you know, pretty good far out front and a guy's caught him in the last 20 laps. So it keeps you on your seat, man. You got to get to him. That's what we want to see. Like we want to see in the last 10 laps, someone running each other down and they race it out, whether they crash each other, crash one another, race each other, super clean, whatever. Um, that I think has been missing for a while. People getting that are faster can just catch each other and, and work on it and, and pass each other and make moves and race rather than, stall out get all of a sudden become slower or get tight or you know really can't race because they're just running the air and you know they're just mirror driving where um i think the biggest worry is 
the production side. I think the there's a this is one of the best years to market, right? Like if you're not fully going in on a Netflix show or some sort of TV show or movie or something or, or YouTube TV specials with drivers or all access like flow sports, you know, if they're not, you know, going all in on all the storylines from this year, uh, I don't, they'd miss the ball completely. I mean, they have so many storylines. They've have so many win- different winners, so many different, you know, issues and tire issues and this and that, like, that's good. I mean, I don't, everybody complains about the tire issue. I think it's good in a sense that if teams push stuff too hard, you know, they, if they have air too low, too much camera, the tire's going to go flat. Granted, we don't want the tire to fall off, but you know, that's a different issue, but I think tire wears uh, a good issue to have that they just need to market themselves a lot better and they need to put, a lot of funding or a lot of the TV money back into, you know, getting the YouTube uh, YouTube side of it that drivers can have all access and they don't have to pay for it themselves or try to do it themselves or, you know, it's done right. And, and you know, kind of have a Netflix show, you know, you, everybody's been saying it and it's the cliche answer, but it's the truth of it. There needs to be more content. And I think the biggest thing too, that, somehow need to have less commercials or, or make the race window longer. I mean, it aggravates me as a fan when you're watching with 16 to go and they keep saying that there's all, you know, we're, we're over the race and, you know, tune into FS2 and we'll be gone by the checkered flag. You know, that's frustrating because you're like, we haven't even crashed or there's no red flag. There's no delay. How are we this far past? Like, how is the window so tight? Like there should be at least, 30 minutes of post-race or 20 minutes, whatever the case may be, and plenty of pre-race, you know, there, it, it shouldn't be one or two interviews. You're lucky to hear from third and, um, you know, you're, you're off right on the air. You know, I think that there's a lot of the production side that needs to be addressed. Yeah, man, you're, uh, you're hitting on a lot of things I feel too. I mean, especially the, the post-race stuff, it's like, they have a super long pre-race show with all this kind of filler stuff and they jump right off the air and you're like, wait, wait, like I wanted to, I, I invested all this time and then they like jump off the air and you're just like, Oh, it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over, but you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you accept the offer to go back or do you stay in the present? I, I think I'd stay. I feel like that's a tough question. And I feel like every, the easy answer is to go back. But I've had so much fun. And I don't think I could do a lot of the stuff I've done again. And there's a for sure I could not run second twice over again. Like, I don't want to do that again. Uh, but I've gotten really lucky in the sense that there's been so many times and opportunities that I didn't even know how it worked out. And it happened. So I don't. I don't think I could do it again. And I, I think you could be too good too early. And, and like, if that makes sense, like I, I feel like you can easily as a kid or as a, you know, growing in the sport, you could be too good too early and, you know, almost try too hard or expect too much. And all of a sudden you get super burnt out. Um, you're, 
you know, expect too much of yourself or you just have the biggest ego that nobody cares to hear what you have to say or wants to work with you. So I think a lot of the stuff that I've done and had happen to me has made me the person I am. And I don't want to even think about what I could know. And like, I would, I could have won a lot of races if I go back, but um, I don't think I would have the friendships and relationships with like Nice Motorsports that I have. And, um, you know, the sponsors I have now that I wouldn't give that up for anything. Yeah. That's really interesting. Good perspective. Um, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. And the last one I did was with Kenny Wallace and his question for you is, he said, um, myself and Justin Algeyer found it hard to stay in the cup series. We found our home in the Xfinity series. So do you have to be in the cup series? Is it life or death or are you okay with being, uh, in truck or Xfinity kind of like a Matt Crafton, Algeyer or Kenny Wallace sort of like what they make their careers there? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always thought if I could be in the top three series and make a decent living, like I could, you know, I, I'm not going to retire and all of a sudden have to go to McDonald's or Burger King and have to work nine to five. Like if I could retire racing any of the top three series that I've officially made, like that, that would be a dream come true. Uh, obviously I'd like to run cup and, you know, run on Sundays for a long time, but I would be just fine being the next Ron Horner day or crafted or whatever, uh, in trucks or like all guy and Xfinity. Uh, and, and, and who knows, you know, you, you, you run good enough three years in a row in Xfinity, you might get a shot again at cup. You might get a second chance or, you know, you, you get the super sub call that, you know, when people need subs, you're in, you know, put, put the cape on, you're all, all set to go. Uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be all in for that. Okay. Um, so the next interview I'm doing is actually with Dale Jr. Um, do you have a question I might be able to ask him? Yeah, I would say if you were, I, I thought about this question a little bit and I wasn't sure what to ask, but I, I'm curious, like if he was given the keys to NASCAR and was able to do two things just for the team owners, what would he do like what would what would be the first two things you implement and change uh to help team owners interesting okay i like that that's gonna get a good a good thoughtful answer i'm sure so yeah thanks well i appreciate that. this has been really fun i appreciate you doing this yeah i'm excited to hear what dale has to say for that because i hear him talk about you know stuff like like i feel like i know his first answer would be just change the purse that's why i take said, said two like change the how much money's going to owners but i'm curious what the the second one would be um just because i i know that he there, there's a lot of stuff owners need wish they could do right like they 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 rather not have funded drivers and they rather get more funding and figure it out and work it out and uh so it'd be cool to hear what he has to say all right everybody there you have it what an interesting guy huh i really look forward to seeing his progression uh, throughout his career. He could obviously be a really interesting personality if he's able to make it to the Cup Series at some point because, uh, you know, as you just heard, he has a lot of interesting things to say. Um, also, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the next 12 questions. However, there's going to be a one-week gap now. Um, there won't be a 12 questions with the NASCAR off week. And then the next one will come uh, heading into NBC's portion of the schedule 
Uh, they take over at Nashville Super Speedway. That's why I want to get Dale Earnhardt Jr. on. And um, so hopefully that will be one that you check out as well. Anyway, if you're interested in becoming a subscriber to The Athletic and making sure you get these 12 questions when they come out, um, instead of waiting a week for them to pop up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, you want to read them right away or you want to listen to them on The Athletic's app right away, um, or even your desktop, you can go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions and you will be prompted for the latest deal for new subscribers. Either way, appreciate you as always for listening and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.